Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want to tell you my secret now. I see death. Silent train is people! No, I am the father. What's in the box? You You blew it up! Damn you all! Hello, and welcome to. Slate's spoiler specials. I'm Eliger Frank, senior editor here at Slate, and I'm joined today by Natish Pawa, web editor at Slate. Welcome, Natish. Thanks, Allegra. Great to be here. <laughs> I love how scripted we both sound welcoming each other, <laughs> but it's okay. It's early, and we are young and haven't had our coffee, which <laughs> I think is fine because today we are spoiling something for the olds in that we are spoiling old <laughs> the new film by m night Shyamalan. it's not really for the olds i just wanted to make a pun about being old you're tired when you're old and i was very tired watching this movie natish we both saw old the week it came out it came out about two weeks ago now it is the first m night Shyamalan movie in a few years and this one has already reached meme status and why do you think that is? Is this movie good? Is it bad? Is it just meme-worthy? What was your takeaway before we jump right into it? Yeah, that's a very good question. I think, in general, M. Night Shyamalan is, uh, I mean, among major directors, especially those from like his era, like the late 90s, who are still around, Shyamalan is just one of the most memeable directors consistently because his movies are all, I mean, just frankly insane and just weird in like a very unique way. Like, I think it's a very like Shyamalan specific way in which they are weird. Like not just like the twist factor, but also the way they, the ways they are written, the way they are shot, the way people talk, the casts of these uh, films. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that this movie became a meme, and I don't think that it's necessarily because people liked it. I think it just became something very fun to clown on at a moment that is not that funny. <laughs> not that funny. I mean, it's <laughs> it's interesting, like, that people are finding something from this. I mean, I think M. Night Shyamalan, like... Yeah, people like to clown on him. I'm thinking back to, like, The Happening, right? Which I know almost exclusively through memes or Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> like, M. Night Shyamalan has made over a dozen films at this point, and they mostly exist at this, you know, at this juncture to to mock. But I will say, I, I will admit, Nitish, that this is definitely one of the, one of the more watchable 
Shyamalan's that I have seen. I didn't hate watching it. You know, like I didn't enjoy the movie, but I enjoyed watching it. Like I was thoroughly entertained the whole time. Do you feel like that's fair at least to say? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. Yeah, this is definitely one of the least bad Sham- among the bad Shyamalan films for sure. Like it was still very well shot. You know, there were a lot of like fascinating, just like visual cues and angles. It was, as usual, like a very good cast that made the best they could out of a very strange script. And um, yeah, I mean, the story and premise, you know, as a uh, meme worthy of the, as they've become, were at least like it was interesting. Like, there were a lot of, like, weird things on the way to telling that story, but the overall story arc was at least, like, okay, like, like I'm, I'm invested in this a little bit. You know, I, I do want to see, like, how this pans out. Yeah, right? It's, like, there's something slightly compelling about this beach that makes you old concept <laughs> where it's, like, okay, I'm in it. I want to find out why the beach is making you old. Now, whether or not we really find out the the answer or a satisfying answer, let's dive into. Let's let's spoil it for the folks here at home. Okay, so there's kind of a lot that happens. I will just shout you out for going through and outlining the plot for us because <laughs> as you told me last night, you're like, there's so much more crap that happens in this movie that I even remembered. It, it's stacked. It's stacked with the just plot. <laughs> yes, it's there's a lot of plot and it's all brutally explained for you in great detail. So our our stars, I would say, are a family of four led by Gael Garcia Bernal's character, helpfully named Guy, and his wife, Prisca, who is a uh, Vicky Kreps, who I really liked in The Phantom Thread, or in, in Phantom Thread, which was a good movie, yeah. this one. Um, yeah, she was amazing in that movie. Yeah. And they're a couple, it's clear that there's something going on in the, the relationship. They're definitely on the brink of divorce or something, They have some secrets they are not sharing. And at the same time, they're trying to have like one last good go of it by going to a resort with their kids. And those kids are a little boy named Trent, who I think, yeah, he's six years old. And his older sister, Maddox, who's 11 years old. Can I just mention we meet them in the car, like on the way to the resort, and Maddox is singing the song, and she's like actually a good singer, but I have no idea what the song is, and it's very melodramatic. She's kind of just singing very loudly along to the radio <laughs> in the back seat. It kind of made me uncomfortable because I cannot imagine singing like belting just in the car in front of some strangers and my family like that. It was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. I forgot about that. And I think, does that song ever get like called back at some point in the movie? I, I um, think it does. At some it point? does. It know. actually yeah. does. So mm-hmm. there, there is something, I mean, listen, there, we love a red herring, but I think Shyamalan is like not in that stage of his life anymore that he <laughs> will do anything that he cannot fully explain. Um, true, so true. <laughs> they get to the resort and the first thing that happens is they're given a special cocktail. Well, at least the adults are, the, the kids are not. 
which is its own thing I have to think about now going forward. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the adults are given a little drink and then they're all taken to their rooms. So, you know, it's like very dramatically, they're uh, as soon as they get out of the car, they're handed some very fancy cocktails, which to me, I was like, this is dope. Like, I just was like, this sounds, this is a great resort. They already got my drink ready. Oh, um, yeah. No, I would have immediately chugged that down. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. So soon we meet some other people at the resort. And I, we can split this up. I want to tell you about the ones that I hated the most (laughs) (laughs) so we meet we meet the manager who's played by gustav halmerston there's a very diverse array of characters in this movie like it's literally Mm -hmm. from all over the world it seems like from multiple continents yeah definitely (laughs) yeah and he has a nephew named idlib which is in fascinating name idlib freaking annoyed me don't know what the (laughs) point idlib was like a freaking like just talk about a plot device. We'll get to Idlib uh, really later, but he just was there to like be besties with Trent. Trent talks about how he wants to live next door to his new best friend, Idlib, Idlib later on, and they'll both pay their mortgages at the same time. And I'm like, (laughs) this is a weird conversation. And Idlib just like develops a code that he shares messages with um, in the code with Trent. And I just was like, why is his name Idlib? Why, where are his parents? Why does he almost never speak? This character makes me very uncomfortable. Am I being too harsh on this child? No, 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 not at all. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, it it was just very random all around. Cause yeah, like the very white resort manager is his uncle. And then, you know, you just have this young boy named Idlib here. Who, yeah, there's no background in him other than I think he tells Trent at one point, like, oh, I, I don't really have any friends. And then Trent offers to be his friend. And I think that's uh, emblematic of a thing that really uh, bugged me about the movie is that all these characters have, you know, because there are just so many of them. They all have these like very weak, like defining traits that they kind of hinge on for like the rest of the movie. But then they don't ever really get like developed or delved into more in a satisfying or even just like in a way that makes the character a full character. Like, yeah, as you said, he's as we'll talk about more later, he's basically just a very thin plot device and that that child star deserved better. (laughs) yeah i don't really think this is going to help his career too much Mm -hmm. going forward poor kid (laughs) okay some other some other uh resort guests we have jaron and his wife patricia who we meet when patricia is having a seizure in the middle of breakfast or lunch it's a kind of disturbing scene but again it sets up some future developments, of course. But we we see Patricia sort of seizing on the floor. We find out Jaron, his her husband, is a nurse. So he he takes care of her. It's it's shocking, but it's a quick, quick little moment. And uh it seems as though this is just meant to show maybe something is awry at this resort. Which of course it is, but turns out Jaron and Patricia will come back later. And then the other, the other real couple that joins them on the way to this beach that makes them old 
is uh, Charles and Crystal. Charles is a doctor. Crystal is his young trophy wife. No offense to her. Her main defining trait is that she has a calcium deficiency, which is a legitimate thing. I am not familiar with this thing, but turns out it is real. And they're there with Charles's elderly mother, Agnes, and their little daughter, Kara, who's probably around Trent's age. And you can tell Crystal clearly loves her daughter, but Crystal is like hot, blonde, tiny lady, and Kara's, you know, she's a six-year-old, and she is not a hot, blonde, tiny six-year-old. So she already, her mother is like, Kara, stop eating everything, which <laughs> problematic. Okay, so the next thing that happens is they're all like, you know, the Gustav is like, you guys should go to the private beach. You need something to do? Go to the private beach. And Nitish, please tell us who is the one that drives them to the private beach. Because I personally was like, damn, you gave yourself an, a role. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was very amused by this, but yeah, the resort truck driver, that's literally how he's listed in the credits, by the way, his character is like truck driver or something, but the resort truck driver who takes them to the private beach that the manager suggests is none other than director M. Night Shyamalan himself. Yeah, yes, (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan, like, he's always in his movies, right? Like, he always has a role, but this one... I, at first, I was like, oh, you're making yourself just a driver. But he he is actually a crucial figure. He talks a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally, like, drives along a key part of the plot, them getting to the beach. That yeah. makes you old. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the one who uh, takes them to their eventual undoing if you will (laughs) what was your reaction when you saw him were you like oh my god it's m night or were you like oh god it's m night (laughs) (laughs) it was it was kind of in between like yeah i I think it was just more like amused and i like it was kind of just like oh yeah of course but it was like still like it's it's still just like kind of funny to just see him so blatantly just like insert himself like that i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it (laughs) and then it turns out we will see him again Exactly. Yeah, it's not not the last we see. Yeah, I'm not. So at this beach, we already have a sense that things are going to. I mean, other than the fact that like the trailers make us, you know, tell us that this beach makes people old, but we also know something is not right here because Mm -hmm. even before we first like everyone gets to the beach, there is this guy sitting there. And this woman, it's just him and this woman, and the woman, like, goes skinny dipping in the ocean and is never returns. And we find out that she dies. Mm-hmm. Like, when she is seen again by the people on the, the beach this time, it's her floating dead body in the water. And we find out that she is just a, a woman, a collaborator, a friend of this man who's sitting kind of catatonically on the beach named... Mid-sized sedan. <laughs> and everyone calls him mid-sized sedan. He almost never has a real name. Maddox is like, oh my God, that's mid-sized sedan. He's a rapper. I love him. I could not. I could not take that seriously. I was like, please find another name. Even yeah. just call him sedan. I don't know. This is dry that drove me nuts to drive you nuts. Yeah, there's there are very few like rappers that young people would know and be familiar with who would have a name like 
mid-sized sedan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that 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 clearly is a is an M Night special. <laughs> yes. It is seriously uh, the the dumbest silliest thing mid-sized sedan they could not grace him with a, a different name or a real name like he couldn't at least mm-hmm. be like my name's terrence but you know you might know me as mid-sized sedan um, yeah. i mean i guess i respect him not wanting to tell them too much information but yeah keep up the enigma you know keep up that enigma of being <laughs> mss Mid-sized sedan. (laughs) So after they find this floating dead body of this lady, this naked lady, mid-sized sedan is like, I got to get out of here. This is fucked up. But then not only does she die, but Charles's mother, Agnes, also like basically has a heart attack. They think it's from shock at seeing this dead body. But very quickly after they find the dead body, Agnes dies on the beach. It's like, okay, now we have two deaths. This is clearly not okay. So, you know, Jaren, Nurse Jaren, the only really useful person on this beach, and Patricia freak out. They want to keep the kids, you know, away from the deaths. They don't want them to also get upset which is weird. It's like, clearly there's two dead people on this beach. There's not much. This beach is very small. You think the kids aren't going to notice, but whatever. Right. And also, yeah, the beach is small. Also, you know, there there's no one else on there other than their families. Like, even if you take the kids to one corner of the beach, like, everything's still in view. Yeah. <laughs> like, the kids and kids run around. Like, come on. What are you going yeah. <laughs> to do? do? Throw these bodies away so they don't notice? Like, <laughs> the little girl will notice her grandma is not there. Yeah. But, yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> but the thing that is shocking at this point is that all of the kids, like, we don't get this reveal for a bit, but Jaron and Patricia and then Guy and Priska you see that they're looking at the kids. We don't get to see the kids, but they're shocked. They're like, oh my God, what's going on? And you hear the kids off camera saying, wait, why are you looking at me like that, mom and dad? What's wrong? And it turns out, finally, we get the reveal. The kids look older. (laughs) And wow, were you surprised they were older? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd... uh... I'd read the book that this movie is based on going into this, so I was not totally surprised. But it was uh, it it was interesting how they um, arranged like the timing of those uh, developments. Like first, just the straight up deaths, and then like the wait, but it's more right. than just weird deaths. It's, yeah, it's aging. It's aging, the worst death sentence of all. (laughs) And so these kids look slightly older. It's not like they're old people. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out after people do some math of like, they're trying to get into this cave to escape. They're like, there's something wrong. Let's get out of here. The only way to get out of this beach, they turn out, it turns out is like through this cave so eventually they do some math and it turns out that every half hour is a full year. So at this point, the kids are probably like, you know, three years older or something. They haven't been there too long at this point. But uh, so, you know, kids at that age, it's clear there's there's some differences and they don't stop. 
And with the adults, it's a little less obvious. So the kids are really the first sign of something going on here. But very soon after, there's another, there's another big sign, other than Agnes dying too, because she was already old. So clearly it's like, okay, she was reaching the end of her life here. But Prisca, it turns out, her big secret was she has a tumor. And we were told it's benign. The kids freak out, obviously, because mom has a tumor. But at first it was very small. And then over the course of the time they're there, it's huge. This was honestly, I freaked out at this moment. Because basically Charles and Jaren are like, okay, we got to operate like this tumor. You could see it from the outside, right? Like it was Mm -hmm. protruding out of her. And uh, can you describe what happens here? Because it was extremely disturbing with the uh, beach, beachside surgery. Yeah. So Charles, being a doctor, tries to get around to uh, surgically removing this tumor with the help of the nurse, Jaren. And he starts uh, going off kind of in a daze and talking about movies and actors in general like i'm pretty sure marlon brando comes up at one point yeah and uh everyone's like what what are you doing you 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 have to do this uh surgery so they kind of like you know direct him back to the operation at hand and when he tries to uh cut open vicky creep's stomach (laughs) but what they find is because of this rapid aging all the other body processes go much faster as well. So her wound heals very quickly. So they have to cut open the wound again and stick their fingers in it to keep it open. (laughs) So then they can go in there and remove this just massive tumor, which because of the fact that, again, all bodily processes are accelerated thanks to this beach has just grown massive. Like, it looks like a dinosaur egg or something. Oh, it's so big! (laughs) Yeah. And then they just, like, set it down on the sand, and her wound heals very normal. I was like, wow, that is the most painless tumor surgery that's probably ever happened. Yes. (laughs) It was was nuts. They, like, pull it out of her, her and, oh, it's scary. And then she's fine. And, Mm -hmm. like... All of their skin regenerates very quickly because they're aging so quickly. So, yeah, basically, like, the wound just... It's its nuts. It's truly mm-hmm. nuts. So, that's one nutty thing that happens. Yeah, people keep blacking out because they're trying to leave the beach through this weird cursed cave, which is confusing and stupid because they all keep trying to leave, which, why would you keep doing that if, like, three people blacked out? Mm-hmm. And now, okay, so that part, the tumor part was upsetting. But here, this next part is honestly my least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> so as the kids are aging, Trent and Kara are are now like, I don't know, like 16 or something. They're older. Mm-hmm. And we cut to them in a tent. And they're like, oh, playing with each other. They're still like clearly six-year-olds right like they are not it's not like they're intellectually developing too dramatically like there's right, no, no they way have gotten, they have not gotten like an adolescent level education they are right. they are literally <laughs> overgrown children yes <laughs> but their bodies function appropriately so mm-hmm. they're like clearly 
exploring each other uh, in this tent. And turns out, next time we see them, Kara's stomach is huge. And she doesn't really know what's going on. She didn't experience all the pains of pregnancy. So instead, her mom is like, oh, my God, Kara, what's what's wrong with you? And Kara's like, sorry, I just got really hungry, Mom. And then everyone else knows, oh, my God, she's pregnant. So suddenly, Kara, who was six years old, like, three hours ago, five hours ago, is having a baby. It is honestly the most disturbing thing to me because I cannot stop looking at these kids and seeing (laughs) six-year-olds, even though they are physically older. It was horrifying. She literally goes through labor. Her daughter, her baby is a stillborn. It ruins her. It wrecks her because, of course, it does. It is the worst part of this movie. One of the worst parts. (laughs) It's just... It's so much just learning and trauma all in the space of, what, five minutes? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, I don't think the human psyche is equipped to handle that, even if it has rapidly developed. Right. And, like, <laughs> Trent and Kara, how does this not permanently scar you based off that, right? Like, there's that's grief, And going, right, like, even though they're aging, you know, a year every hour, you're still going to grieve something like that for a very long time. Exactly. And they're already, like, figuring out the fact that you're on a beach that is making you old. And uh, (laughs) Kara's grandma is dead. We just found another dead body. There was just, like, this huge procedure There is already so much stuff going on here that, I mean, me personally, if if I were to go through all this, even just like the first couple parts of it, I, I I probably would already be driven mad by that point. Like, (laughs) it would be very, very hard for me to handle. And so undergoing a tragic childbirth and death in that time period, while you're also just learning about sex and pregnancy, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. These characters have some very special fortitude, it seems. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, clearly. Like, they're not, nothing in this movie is realistic. Everyone here is cursed. <laughs> so, right. it's special fortitude is exactly it. And yet, they can't, they can't completely beat the, beat the beach. Because Trenton Maddox's sister discover, like, a, a book or something, some scrawls of someone else who had been on the beach explaining that the rocks are the one, are the things causing the aging, which mm-hmm. is stupid, but <laughs> whatever, like that's the beach makes you old, but actually it's the rocks that make you old, which Jesus. Okay. And um, so while they're figuring this out, who do we see? Tell us who we see it, while Trent is like looking up at these age aging cliffs. There looks to be someone watching from the cliffs. They're very blurry. They're in the distance. It's one person. They have binoculars, but someone someone's definitely keeping an eye on these folks. Right. And it's <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, we don't know this yet, I guess. But I'll tell you now, turn, we find out it's M. Night Shyamalan. I'll explain later, though, why, but it's M. Night Shyamalan. But yep, regardless, yep, yep. there's someone watching from the clips. Listen, it's spoiler specials. All bets are off. 
So I'm right, spoiling right, this right, early. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting into the part of the movie where like everyone's starting to die. Charles' schizophrenia is getting the best of him. He keeps asking about some movie that Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando were in together. And then I was getting obsessed with trying to figure out that answer. I forget <laughs> what the answer was. Wait, doesn't he, like, randomly announce it at one point? Yeah. Okay, apparently it's the Missouri Breaks. Mm. Who even knows what that is? Whatever. 1976 Western, Brando Nicholson. Wow, wow, we got a stacked cast here. John Williams score, Arthur Penn directing, wow. Yeah, wow, Harry Dean Stanton. This is the biggest uh, publicity coup this uh, movie could have gotten. I know, yeah. Years (laughs) later, now people are actually paying attention. Very strange, very strange (laughs) that he was obsessively thinking about this. Wait, oh my god. Okay, wait, so this is from the Wikipedia for Missouri Breaks. Okay, so... Shyamalan explained that this character's question was based on a conversation he had with his own father, who also has dementia. And so this is what Shyamalan says. I've never seen Missouri Breaks. It's from my dad, who actually has some dementia, and he would not stop talking about Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando, this movie that they were in. And I was like, Dad, I've never seen it. And he goes, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando. He kept going on about it. I was like, Dad, I'm putting this in a movie if you keep talking about this. And he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Qu- like qu- quite a quite a. Okay. okay. Yeah. Huh. Wow, that's <laughs> such a. I mean, that's like funny, very personal touch. Wow, I had no idea. That's very strange. Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of put off a little bit by Shyamalan's like, if you if you keep doing this and we put it in a movie to your dad who has dementia. But anyway. Yeah, it's anyway. uh, it's so anyway. weird. Wow, that's a fun detail people might not have known because we're learning that's together too. But um, <laughs> wow, so he adds in that part. And eventually, I hope this is not reflective of M. Night Shyamalan's dad because Charles then kills at mid-sized sedan. He doesn't trust mid-sized sedan from the start. I think he's racist personally. Mm-hmm. But also, because of this dead body, he suspects that mid-sized sedan actually killed her. And so he then stabs mid-sized sedan. So everyone is very afraid because Charles is clearly, you know, he's he's on his own path here and they can't trust him anymore. So they, they leave him somewhere else. They take his weapons away. They're like, okay, we can't let this guy kill all of us. But then there are a bunch more deaths anyway, because that's how the beach goes. Jaron, who I thought was the most pragmatic less the least stupid person on this beach decides to try and swim away from the beach in the hopes of getting figuring out another way out but i'm like jaron you're gonna be like so much older by the time you get anywhere like a mile two miles i don't know how fast you swim he says he was on the swim team in high school jaron you're like 50 now this is not gonna work and it's and uh i think it's also worth mentioning i don't know if we brought it up yet but Obviously, you know, if you're on a beach that makes you old, you're probably going to try to escape. But these characters do try to do that alternately throughout. And whenever they do, they end up just like blacking out and waking up on the sand again. So it's uh, so this is Jaren's way of trying to find another way out through just swimming as far out as possible. But it predictably does not work. 
for poor Jaren. All right, we're going to take a little break for a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listeners, before we get back to spoiling old for you, I wanted to remind you about the benefits of joining Slate Plus. First of all, it's only $1 for the first month. What you get are zero ads on any Slate podcast like this one, so you wouldn't even have to hear me say this. Plus, you get unlimited reading on the Slate website, so you'll never hit that paywall again when you are reading Dear Prudence for hours like I often am. Not to mention, you'll also be supporting this podcast. Making these spoiler specials would not be possible without your support, and Slate Plus helps keep this show going so we can spoil every single movie that you may or may not want to see. And if we haven't convinced you yet, You'll also get bonus segments or episodes of your favorite shows like Slow Burn, Big Mood, Little Mood, Culture Gab Fest, Mom and Dad Are Fighting, and more. So if you're interested in joining, go to slate.com slash spoiler plus. Once again, that's slate.com slash spoiler plus. And we are back. It's very sad. And so his wife, Patricia is alone now because he was like the only person who really knew how to take care of her with her epilepsy. She dies from a seizure. Kara also tries to escape because she feels like she has nothing to live for anymore. So she's like, whatever I'll get out of here for us. So she climbs up the cliff, but it looks like she's going to get to the top, but she falls. It's horrifying. Trent watches this happen So not only has he lost his child, but he's lost his love. It's awful. Poor Kara dies, falls to her death. And then Crystal, who has lost her mother-in-law and her daughter and basically her husband, she is suffering from her calcium deficiency. And Trent and Maddox, basically, they go into the cave to see if they can at least make it out because they're young and fresh. But Crystal is hiding in there now as well because she doesn't look great because of losing the calcium. And she is so scary looking. She is like bent out of shape. She kind of looks like a spider or something. Like her arms and legs are all twisted. I didn't know lacking calcium could do this to you. I guess her bones are just jelly or something. So she is really angry and tries to kill Trent and Maddox, but they eventually succeed. She as, as Natishi wrote, she shrivels up and dies. That was one of the most disturbing images. Yeah, this, like, 
And and again, this is very, I guess, typical of like a Shyamalan movie in that, you know, you're he's presenting characters with like these very serious and awful medical conditions. But then just like the way he I, I, I don't know, just completely. He, he, I think he exaggerates a, a lot of them to like a very weird extent or, you know, doesn't fully show all the like different aspects of these conditions. And so it, it just becomes hard to take the characters and their plight all that seriously, like because it's just so poorly written and portrayed not to editorialize too early on, but I, I I just want to explain why when it is when we're talking about these very like dire and sad and serious moments, it's also like the it's Shamlon, so of course it's as ridiculous as possible in every right. way. It's peak yeah. silly. It's upsetting, but it's also like, gee, really, dude? This yeah, is what yeah. we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, God, exactly. yeah. It was Oh, horrible. Jesus. So now we've lost a lot of folks because Patricia, Jaron, Kara, Crystal are all dead. So it's Guy, Prisca, Trent, and Maddox. So the family. And, oh, Midsize Sedan is dead, obviously, too. And mm-hmm. Charles. Charles, who they've sort of tried to cage away from everyone. But, of course, he tries to kill Guy and Prisca. Guy has now gone blind. Prisca has lost, is now deaf in one ear. I'm like, how come you all, like, were you just set to age terribly, all of you? I assume, <laughs> I assume Crystal wouldn't have had this terrible calcium deficiency had she not been on the beach. Like, and maybe Patricia probably would have been able to be treated for epilepsy and Jaren wouldn't have tried to swim into very rough waters. But the fact that Guy and Prisca both have are losing some of their senses is like, this is nuts. This does not happen. But mm-hmm. then Prisca manages to stab Charles back and with a rusty knife and kills him, finally. So that is a happy, I suppose. It's it's nuts. I, I like Guy and Prisca are weird preternat. That whole family is just they're cursed with mm-hmm. living too long on this beach, but also somehow are the only survivors, which there are heroes, but I was like, damn, I wish midsize sedan was still here. I would sacrifice guy and Prisca for midsize sedan <laughs> immediately. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. At least midsize sedan makes music. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He has a talent guy and Prisca. I don't know. They're annoying. And also, everyone in this movie, it's so interesting. As I said, it's a diverse cast. Everyone has, like, a different accent. Guy and Prisca, they they have their strong accents, you know. It's fine. It's beautiful. But everything they read, for some reason, like, their acting, it sounds like reading. It's so stilted. I could not deal Mm -hmm. with their acting. Mm -hmm. I hated listening to them speak. (laughs) But, yeah, so Trent and Maddox sit with their their mom and dad on the beach because they're dying and you know it's it's sad i guess and this is when maddox sings that song again from when she was a kid right yeah and that's pretty sad 
At this point, though, I'm just like, can we just get off this beach? I'm so annoyed. Like, we already know. (laughs) We've already learned why the beach makes you old. It's a really stupid reason. I'm so tired of this beach. I'm understanding. This is how you keep the budget real low with this one kind of boring setting. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Get us out of here. Good. Yeah, it's like I, I felt watching the movie like I had personally aged a few years uh, just just sitting through it. No, I'm not even near the beach. I'm I, I'm seeing it on screen, and I, I still feel the effects a little bit. Exactly, <laughs> you're. It's aged you. Yeah. We're still on this <laughs> aging beach. I know. I feel older talking about this too. At this point, Trent and Maddox are the only people who survived. They're like in their forties or something at this point. And this is another dumb moment because they're like, you know what? We could try and leave, but how about we just stay here together? We can try and leave. But first, before we do that, you want to build a sandcastle, which I imagine (laughs) is a reference to, and I I would like for us to conclude shortly with you talking a bit about sandcastles, which is what old is derived from a, a graphic novel, French graphic novel. I assume either this is straight from the the graphic novel or it's just a reference to it. Do is this how they end by just building a sandcastle or Well, yeah, so the book has all sorts of uh, far different like plot turns from this which I can get into in a sec, but yeah, the sandcastle becomes just like a constant like motif throughout the book so old does not end where sandcastle ends like sandcastle the the book ends on the beach but old as we'll see still goes beyond but yeah i think this was a shaman's homage to the book by just having like the characters spend what they think might be their last moment together building a sandcastle i think maybe for people who'd read the book and saw the movie it was like looking at, oh, maybe this is like Missy, maybe this is where you think the movie will end before I get in my twist. Yeah. Uh, mm. God. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of would have liked that ending. I don't know. I think at this point, actually, I was like, I need someone to get off this beach. I'm so freaking tired of this yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I thought a, a great ending would have been just like the family hanging out on the beach. Yeah. A lot of unanswered questions, but hey, like, they're happy, so I guess happy ending, question mark? <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, is, yeah. I mean, we'll see. Because, little, little did I know how much more there was to come. <laughs> right, there's a lot more, because M. Night got to explain it all. So Trent all of a sudden remembers his boy Idlib, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus Christ. Idlib is going to be the deus ex machina here. Yep. <laughs> Id- Idlib had given him a message that he hadn't co- un- decoded yet. Turns out it says something like, my uncle doesn't like the coral. And Trent and Maddox, who, again, as we've said, are not very, probably not as smart as 40-year-olds usually are. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're still real. They were 6 and 11 yesterday. But they decide, oh, the coral. And they think maybe that's the way to escape. Maybe the beach won't affect them and no one will see them if they're hidden in the coral. I thought that was stupid. I yeah. thought that made no sense. Why would why would your uncle, like, also Idlib saying that was like, why, did you know they were going to the beach? Why does Idlib have all this info? Why does Idlib live here? Live here? Very mm. weird. 
So then, though, we see Trent and Maddox just very, very uh, dramatically speeding to get out of this coral. But Maddox, we think, oh, no, maybe this is the end for Maddox because she, her shirt, she's wearing this, like, wispy robe for some reason as she swims and it gets entangled in the coral. So last thing we see for a bit is Trent and Maddox trying to free Maddox from the coral. And then we cut to M. Night, who, as I said before, actually is the one watching them, the van mm-hmm. driver. And, and he's this, behind the camera. He's behind the camera. He's the one watching them and reporting back. He's behind the camera deciding all of this. He wrote all of this and he's watching them. So he, <laughs> you, you how know, is this you know possible? That, you know what that reminded me of? Um, yeah. So, you know that story about Inglorious Bastards, like how Tarantino himself was supposed to be in Brad Pitt's role? Yeah, yeah. that's so, so funny. What? At the very end, you know, <laughs> like originally it was supposed to be the final shot was supposed to be Tarantino looking at the camera and saying, I think this might be my masterpiece. Like that, that was exactly the same sort of vibe that this gave me here. Like Shyamalan being like, Oh, in case, in case you forgot, I'm, I'm here. And I'm, I'm the one making this crazy movie with twist. I know. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, all right, Finch, I wouldn't take credit for this. I wouldn't take this much credit for this. Don't be that proud of yourself. (laughs) Yes. We now spend a lot of time with M night Shyamalan because he goes back to the lab. There's a lab doing research. Um, Mm -hmm. He right next to the resort. Right. Yeah. And he thinks Trent and Maddox have died. So at this point, it's like, okay, mission accomplished. Everyone is dead. I mean, not exactly mission accomplished, but also, yeah, like they know everyone's supposed to die because it (laughs) turns out Uncle uh, Gustav, he doesn't have a real name. Idlib's uncle is part of this big pharma company. And the beach is actually a testing site for medications that could like potentially treat fatal or other uh, life-threatening conditions. So every Mm -hmm. single adult on this beach has some sort of condition, it turns out. Like, we know Prisca had that tumor. We know that Mm -hmm. Charles had schizophrenia. We know Crystal has calcium, epilepsy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like at least one person from each family has this underlying condition. Yeah. And that it's a very long-term thing in general, which is, which is where the Asian comes in. Yeah. It's, it's so silly, but then they, (laughs) they're so excited because even though everyone died and nothing was solved, at least Patricia's epilepsy, it didn't get her for like, usually she has more seizures than that, I suppose, but it took a while for her to have another seizure. So it helped. Apparently the drug helped prolong her life some somewhat. So everyone's like, woo, we did it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a happy ending for them. But then everyone's like celebrating. There's new people coming to the resort for their next round. And as those new people are about to take their cocktails, Trent and Maddox show up and they're like, don't do it. Don't drink. And they start shouting in the middle of the resort about, actually, they're experimenting on us. They trapped us on this beach and made us old arrest them uh, come coppers and arrest them and the police show up and they arrest everybody trent and maddox fly out there's a sad little moment where they're like are you excited to see your aunt 
who's now their one real surviving like their new guardian i suppose yeah. and they're like yeah i hope our aunt recognizes us now that we're in our 50s and she last time she saw us we were six yeah which... like i have to gonna go back to like french elementary school as, yeah like 40 year olds <laughs> like who's gonna hire these these people they're just gonna have to live with their aunt and like now yeah. they're going to age normally so they still mm-hmm. got time i mean trent already had a a child and it's very disturbing. Yeah. Um, oh, there's something else we should mention, which is that part of the reason Trent and Maddox are able to bust the resort is that from like the scribblings they found, uh, yeah. you know, about, you know, the rocks and stuff. There's also like a log of like some of the people who'd previously been on the beach who'd been part of the resort. Right. And that then matches up with police records about you know, other people who just mysteriously disappeared. Right. Yes. And it, yeah, the, like I'm saying, there, there's so many, there's so much plot. Like, there, there, there are 200 other small things I'm sure we could get into here, but it's <laughs> unfortunately, uh, the film is not worth it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. They have the evidence to back. Like, they just have everything they need, and mm-hmm. then it ends. Like, they see Idlib again. They're like, "Yo, Idlib, thanks." And Idlib is like, "I got you." It's yeah, and. You know, going back to the Idlib name, like, so Idlib is the name of a Syrian city, and uh, it is known as, like, like one of, like, the biggest, like, battlefields in, like, the Syrian Civil War. So, yeah, I'm I'm very interested as to why Shyamalan decided on that name for this character. Yeah, that is a, that is an interesting name. Yeah. And also just an interesting little plot device of a character. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's the movie about the beach that makes you old, as you may have heard about it on social media. <laughs> so, so yeah, Allegra, what's your final judgment on this? I thought it was so stupid. I enjoyed watching it because it was, like, compellingly stupid, as I said, up top. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, definitely where I left off was, like, what is the difference between this and the graphic novel? Like, because I was mm-hmm. like, I know this is based off a graphic novel. Is the graphic novel this inane, too? Or is this just M. Night Shyamalan being stupid? Like, I was like, the happening was really dumb. I hated Avatar Last Airbender. But I love The Sixth Sense. I would say those are the three I've seen. Oh, and The Village. I've seen The Village. Mm-hmm. I would say I liked this less than The Sixth Sense, obviously, which I love. I liked this about the same as The Village, which was also not very good. But I found (laughs) both of those movies very watchable. So The Old was very watchable. But quickly, how does it compare to the graphic novel? Is the graphic novel good? Is it worth Mm. reading if we've seen Old? Does this taint the graphic novel? Is the graphic (laughs) novel, like, just the same crap? Yeah, so... I like the book a lot, and I would recommend it if you're into, like, sort of spooky, short graphic novels in general. I I know it's a very niche genre, but it's a very quick read. The illustrations are great, and there are a lot of plot differences between the book and the movie. The book also just has way more characters, which somehow it manages to make work better than... Shyamalan even does with just these few characters. But 
three really core differences, I'd just say, between the book and the film, and which I think uh, play to the book's strengths are, the book takes place entirely on the beach. Like, there are references, like, inside conversations, like a hotel and, like, other places where they may have potentially come from, like, local police department and stuff, but they are all on the beach. There are hints as to a broader conspiracy overseeing what's going on in this beach. Like, at one point, the little boy who becomes Trent's character says he saw someone watching them from the cliffs, and they just dismiss the boy. There's another, like, very disturbing scene in the book where, like, they recognize the hotelier's son, so that's just, like, brought up with no introduction, so you assume there's, like, a hotel nearby and that the person running the hotel has a son who's, like, they see them running from gunfire, which is, well, and then it just never gets explained either. And, yeah, that's, like, the core thing. So, at the end of the movie, there's just no actual concrete explanation for what happened. End of the book, I mean. So, basically, the way it pans out is there's still, like, the racist British doctor in the book. uh, And he attacks the character, but he does not end up, like, killing it. None of the characters end up killing one another, like, the old woman dies, but no no one goes in, like, a murderous rage. Like, there's a lot of conflict. There's, you know, obviously a lot of fighting. There's a childbirth, but the kid survives. And eventually, at the end, like, they all kind of become just more, like, you know, like, loving to one another. They rebond as families and as people, so on. And finally, the last person to survive all this is the child, who then builds a sandcastle. And so, uh, yeah, even though I just spoiled the entire book, I would say it's still like worth like a quick read if you have access to it, because it is just like extremely well drawn, pretty well told, like not like the best comic I've ever read, but definitely a pretty compelling one. And yeah, like I think the ambiguity factor makes it so much more of an interesting story experience than M. Knight's need to explain literally every single part. <laughs> I, I mean, this ending of old reminded me so much of like the Watchmen ending. Uh, yeah, the, the book. <laughs> and uh, it just felt like inspired by so many other random different movies. Like actually after the screening we went to, I heard people outside talking like, yeah, I, I saw like a little bit of like, that reminded me of like Jurassic Park, like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I was thinking like at one point, like, and then there were none. Like it's, it's just so much. And the book is so much more simpler than that, which I think is also its strength. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad the book is not completely at fault here. I'm I'm also not surprised, I guess, that <laughs> like M. Night would take this pretty decent source material and kind of wreck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that's what he did with Avatar The Last Airbender. You know? Oh, like, my God. That's his I will, history. I will never, ever see that. I'm sorry. I'm oh, way don't. too attached. Yeah, I'm way too attached to a- Avatar, the show, to ever watch that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, I watched it <laughs> as a kind of as a joke, I guess. Like, my friend and I who love Avatar – 
um, we're like, okay, maybe we should watch this. And we watched it late at night and we made fun of the whole thing, which that's really <laughs> the only way to watch this for sure. Like I would never have paid money for this thing. Yeah. Classic. And, you know, as press, we didn't have to pay money for old either. I would not. Nope. <laughs> you do what you want to do with your money. I'm glad I did not have to pay money for this. Yeah, um, yeah. I got to enjoy the uh, AMC seats, but oh, not yeah. for like 20 bucks. Amazing. We, we did get to see, sit in really nice theater chairs. So very happy yeah, about that. Yeah, to everyone listening, if you want to see movies for free, um <laughs> Get, get, get those get those press credentials. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lovely. We're not hiring right now, but uh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe one day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess check out Sandcastles if you're interested in this plot. If you're not, well, now you know everything that happened in old. So you, you can have the water cooler combos on Zoom with your friends and tell them everything about the silly movie and they'll be shocked and you'll feel proud that you had an interesting thing to talk about because who has interesting things going on these days? Not me. <laughs> so Natish, thank you for chatting about the one somewhat interesting thing going on in my life. Today. <laughs> and thank you for suffering through this with me. It was very fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad, we, I'm glad we found some greatness out of some badness. Okay, that's our show. Please subscribe to the Slate Spoiler Special podcast feed. And if you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. If you have suggestions for movies or TV shows that we should spoil, or if you have any other feedback you'd like to share, please send it to spoilers at slate.com. Our producer is Morgan Flannery. For Natish Pawa, I'm Allegra Frank. Thank you for listening.